the great Van Morrison, influenced heavily by his dad to go into the music business. His dad couldn't sing, but apparently his dad had the biggest record collection in Ireland. Music was his dad's life. This is another guy that Sam I love listening to in the operating room. Yesterday I did six cases. I did one hip replacement and five knee replacements. Busy. But each and every one of those cases is different. And it's now almost 15,000 of these that I've done. And I just cannot wait till next week and Monday to start all over again. When you love something, you just can't get enough of it. It's... It's a beautiful thing. I want to ask you about your gifts. When Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes interviewed Bob Dylan, he said to him, you've written some of the greatest songs that have ever been written. How'd you do that? How'd the music come to you, the words? How'd you do that? And Bob Dylan goes, I don't know. I got up in the morning and there it was, fully formed. I don't know if I could do it now, he said, but I could do it then that he possessed this gift that he doesn't even want to take credit for. He's just the channel, the vehicle for that. Your parents gave you the DNA to have this incredible athletic athletic ability, a balance of control. Like Eric Clapton says, he can close his eyes and make his fingers make the guitar sound the way he hears it in his head. Do you feel yourself doing that sometimes, that you're about to hit the ball, and you want it to be on that back corner, right on the line, like that that video that we have that it hit the line and everybody can contest it, that you can make it go there. Do you realize you have that gift, or is it something you got to work out every day? It's something you got to work out every day. I mean, tennis is a game, I think, a lot like golf. It's a feel game. It has to do with your hands and your touch, and so... There's a lot of days I walk out on the court and I couldn't feel better. And there's a lot of days I walk out there and and nothing feels right. And in wow. your head, you're thinking, how does this not feel right? I've hit a million forehands over the last 20 years. It should feel perfect. And so for me, I always have to take a step back. Um, you know, when I'm working with my coaches, you know, I, I, I kind of say, hey, treat me like I'm a 10-year-old. Let's do real basic things to get... The, the feeling back in the forehand, the backhand, the serve. And after I do that for a while, my game really starts to kind of come back to me. I get those feelings and and eventually I, I start to play better. But it's, I, I have a, you know, I'm a good athlete, but for tennis, it's something that I have to go to the court every day and, and work on it and, and put in the reps to be able to do what I do. Have you ever picked up a racket that Rod Laver used and tried to play tennis with those crazy old wooden rackets that John McEnroe used? and compare it to what the equipment you use nowadays? I have. When I grew up in Thousand Oaks, and when we moved to we moved to a house there when I was about uh, 12 years old, and the house had a tennis court. And when we moved there, the, the previous owner left about eight of those old wooden rackets in the shed in the back. And so we, my friends and I would take them out and try to play with them, and I don't know how they did it. I mean, it is, wow. it's two different sports from the 60s and 70s to what it is now with the technology of the rackets, the string, and, and then also how guys take care of their body and the movements. You see guys playing now well into their 30s where, you know, 20 years ago, guys at 26, 27 years old, they were done. So it's a, it's a different game, not only from the standpoint of the equipment, but from the way guys prepare and take care of their body. Mm. I'm a surfer. That's my sport. In the early days of Duke Hanamoku's days, there was no fin on the surfboard. And surfing was something you did with your friends 
where the, the wave would come. They used to call them the bluebirds. The giant waves would come. They'd wait for them on the horizon. And together they would all start paddling for the same wave because surfing in Hawaii in the ancient times was about everyone catching the wave together because you didn't have a fin on the board. You weren't turning. So everybody could be on the same board and ride it all together. And you're right. It's a different sport now when you watch Dane Reynolds somehow be an acrobat flying off the top of the wave. It is a whole different kind of sport. And yet, it's still standing on the water in the ocean. And yet, it's still trying to get the ball over the net. Like, the rules are the same. So that's what keeps it beautiful that it has this historical nature to it. Exactly. It's At the end of the day, it's a cat and mouse game. It's one-on-one. There's no coaching in tennis when you're out there. You're figuring out your what your opponent's going to do. You have to figure out how to beat them by yourself. And so from that standpoint, the game's mm-hmm. hasn't changed. And I, and I hope it doesn't. I'm, I'm sure it's going to evolve, evolve with um, scoring, rackets, coaches, things like that. But at the end of the day, I love that it's one-on-one and you're, you're out there by yourself trying to beat your opponent. Since I'm an orthopedic surgeon, I'm curious about injuries. You've had some in the past. You sat on a glass table, the table collapsed, and it cut your arm, and you almost cut the nerve in your arm. What the hell happened there? <laughs> that was So I was playing a tournament in Bangkok, Thailand in 2009. I was at the tournament. I, I finished practicing. I, I showered. I was in the locker room, and there was no seat or table to put my shoes and socks on. So there was a well, there was one table. There was a glass coffee table. And I sat on it to put my shoes and socks on, which wasn't the smartest idea, but it actually supported me for probably 20 seconds. I had both socks on, one shoe, and then next thing I knew, I fell through the table and didn't feel anything. And I looked down and I had a shard of glass in my right forearm about as big as an iPhone. And blood was spewing out of my arm. I, I ran down the hallway. Blood is on the walls. There's other players there. And, you know, fortunately at all these tournaments, there's a doctor on or at the tournament you have to have a doctor so there was a i went over to the doctor's room um a really nice thai doctor there and and she was great and helped me we i got in the ambulance went to the hospital and and had to have surgery at the time i didn't know how bad it was but the the piece of glass on my arm sliced right through the skin right through the muscle and luckily it did miss the nerve by a couple millimeters and i was out for about three or four months but um you know recovered fully and and i'm fine now but it was definitely a scary scary moment where uh you know if, if it did hit that nerve i mean you would probably know better than me i don't know if i would have been able to use my right done. arm my right hand anymore done there's three main nerves that go to your hand the median nerve the ulnar nerve the radial nerve and it was it on the little finger side of your forearm or the it was it's there you go right here ulnar nerve. <laughs> you can so see you the would, scar there you would not have been able to spread your fingers right and That's, i was 19 or 20 when that happened uh, so it was early on in my career and so it's uh I remember I was I was in the ambulance. I had a friend over there with me and my coach, and you know I I couldn't stop crying just because I thought that's it. Not because it hurt. It didn't even I didn't even know I had a piece of glass in my arm, just because I thought maybe I'll never not only not play tennis again, but maybe I won't be able to pick up a glass of water again. Wow, incredible! What kind of advice, Sam, would you give? You're a you're a new husband. You're gonna have kids, God willing. What advice would you give a listener who has someone who loves tennis? They've got kids who love tennis that you've learned from your own journey. Um, you know, I've been asked that question a lot. Everyone's different. For me, you know, my parents didn't push me into tennis. I played, I played other sports. I, I did what I thought was fun, and so I think that's the key with tennis. If, if the kids are having fun, whether that's playing at a low level, a high level, I think 
you know, let them go do their thing and, and don't push them into going to play tournaments or going to, you know, tennis academies. If they're enjoying it, let them do it. If they want to go do something else, let them go do that. My parents were great with um, just supporting me with whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I stuck with tennis mostly because I was good at it. And when you're playing all those sports, I was winning a lot in tennis. And honestly, in sports, when you're winning, it's more fun. Right. And so that's what kept me coming back. At 13, 14, 15, 16, I was beating other kids and I was winning a lot. And it was fun. So that's why that's why I kept playing at that young age. Of all the different swings, the serve, the backhand, do you have a favorite? People ask me, what's my favorite surgery to do? Is it an ACL? Is it a rotator cuff? Is it a hip replacement? It's very hard for me to tell you. I just love it all. Is there one particular? I mean, you set a record. I think it's still there. You have 10 service aces in a row. Nobody's ever done that before. Right. I mean, I'm a tall guy, so I have a good serve. That's kind of a, a common theme on the ATP tour. If you're over 6'5", you've got a big serve. So I do love my serve, but you know, my backhand is my favorite shot. And it's, and it's only been my favorite shot for three or four years. It's Early on, I love hitting forehands. Now that I'm a little older, it's a backhand. So it's kind of changed over the years. Um, so as, as much as my serve is kind of my moneymaker and how I make my living, that's my best shot, the, the backhand is my favorite shot to hit. Who's your toughest opponent? Who, who, who's figured out where to stand when you, six foot six, are about to wind up with your serve? Um, you know, the toughest opponent... It, it's this cliche. It's Roger Federer for me. He's really the only <laughs> top guy that I've never beaten and never been close to beating. And a lot of that is you walk on court and you're just before the match starts. You're, oh my god, I'm playing Roger Federer. I'm probably going to lose. <laughs> and it's a it's a horrible mentality for me to have going out there. But um, he's a guy that just seems to be able to figure players out, know your weaknesses, and because he's such, there's such an aura around him, you, you, you feel like you're losing a little bit before you've even started the match. That's what they say. It's the mental game. Yeah, right? I, I mean, playing Rod, if you play Roger Federer, I've, I lost him at Wimbledon a couple years ago. When you walk out in the center court against Roger Federer, it's intimidating. The whole crowd's cheering for him. He's won the tournament seven times. He's, you know, he's the greatest player to ever live. It's, there's not much of a debate anymore. And so it's a it's a tough situation to be in. It's hard to really get comfortable out there. And if you're playing any sport and you can't get comfortable, it's difficult to win. Wow. I don't want to stop talking to him, Steve Paulette. We got to take a break. We're going to pay some bills. You know, I love history. And, and I just would love to talk to you a little bit about the history of some of the places you've played and the players themselves, from Djokovic to Nadal. You're still my favorite tennis player of all time, Sam Query. I just want you to know that. But you're, you can ask me about Ranawat. You can ask me about Dr. Wilson. It's, it shows security in who you are as a person, as an athlete, as a surgeon, if you can talk about someone who you have high regard for. So I want to get into that. Coming up next, you're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show. I'm not taking a damn phone call today. I'm just loving this. The great Sam Query is with us. America's in my opinion, best tennis player. 